Hi everyone and welcome to Human Design 101. I'm Paula Fehrmann, your host, qualified life trust coach and human design fanatic. I guide my clients to become their own experts by understanding and more importantly living their design. When I first came to human design, I was so overwhelmed by the triangles, squares, arrows and numbers in the chart that I didn't touch it for more than a year. However, my human design experiment has been the most important transformation in my life, which is why I want to show you how you can use your design as a simple tool to heal, transform, integrate, grow and ultimately become your own expert. No more looking for the experts outside of you. Keep listening and learning here on the podcast, reach out for private coaching or book a chart reading with me. Let's talk Human Design 101. Hello everybody and welcome back to Human Design 101. Today's episode is all about the sacral center. We will be answering the questions around sacral authority, like what does it mean to have sacral authority? What does it mean to have sacral definition or not definition? So what are the main differences between sacral beings and non-sacral beings? And why I think that sacral beings are freaking lucky. So this episode is kind of kicking off our second episode of the authority series, but you might have noticed that it isn't called sacral authority solely, like the last episode wasn't called emotionally author emotional authority. And why did I choose to do that? I want you to not only understand what it means to have authority or not, but more so what it means to have definition in that center, meaning what it means to have a center colored in or not, so that you can understand not only yourself deeper, but you also get a basic understanding of looking at another person's chart and knowing what it means if they have definition there or not. And by sharing these parts of information with you, what that does is that gives you a deeper understanding of the whole system so that the information really clicks in instead of you just knowing, oh, I've got sacral authority, I've got emotional authority, I've got this, I've got that. So this is like taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture while also giving you the surface level information about authority. So let's dive right in. Our sacral center is our most reliable motor in the chart. It is located at the bottom of the chart. If we look at the chart, the bottom square we see is our root center and the one that is stacked on top of the root is our sacral center. And if you have that colored in, that means you've got sacral definition. And if you haven't got it colored in, then you are a non-sacral being. And non-sacral beings are the projectors, reflectors and manifestors, whereas our sacral beings would be our generators and manifesting generators. So essentially what that means, it gives us already the first hint about what the main difference is between sacral beings and non-sacral beings because if you've learned a little bit about human design then you might already know that the generators and manifesting generators are the beings that have access to this life force energy that is consistent, they can work for prolonged, for prolonged hours and they have this fuel within them that is coming from the sacral center. So people with sacral definition 
are really designed to do the work that lights them up because doing the work will lead to satisfaction and a sense of feeling good. And when they do the work that lights them up, they produce life force energy through their sacral center that can not only be used for them, but also for the people around them. So this is really gives us a really nice insight into how the non-sacral beings and the sacral beings function together. Because if the non-sacral beings, like a manifestor, reflector, and projector, are with sacral beings, the generators and manifesting generators, and the generators or manifesting generators are doing something that is in alignment for them, that lights them up, it is something that they love and they produce this, super healthy life force energy, then the non-sacral beings can amplify this energy through their open sacral centers or undefined sacral centers and use it and kind of ride the wave that the mangens and generators have created for them. So it really shows us how human design is really helpful if we learn it in individual, if we understand our own design first, but then it also makes a lot of sense to feel into the bigger picture, to understand that we're really designed to work together in this big, beautiful collective. So let's take a look at the sacral beings. If you have a defined sacral center, then as I said, you have access to this motorized energy within you. The sacral is the most reliable motor because it gives you energy constantly. And the only condition to getting access to this energy is the sacral response that is telling you whether you have the energy to do something or not. And this is a really important part of your human design if you're a sacral being, is to learn to understand your sacral response. The sacral speaks in sounds as opposed to giving really in-depth guidance. It will say more something like, uh-huh, uh-uh, yeah, or no. It will be instant and it will give you information right in the moment. Whereas the spleen, for example, would give you more in-depth information about what to do or not to do. It would more sound like something along the lines of, I think it's time for you to buy new shoes because this plane already knows that something is going on with your foot and you can then listen to that or not. Whereas the sacral, if we stay with the shoe example, would look at your old pair of shoes and it would say no. <laughs> or, uh -uh, or whatever your way in your body of saying no to something is. So your sacral indicates in the moment whether you have got the energy to do something or not. And the sacral speaks super quick. It guides you in the moment very clear and very simply as well. There's no fluff around it. There's a simple yes or no that you get access to if you have a defined sacral center. And of course, if you've got emotional authority on top of your defined sacral center, you might need to sit with this yes or no that you got in the moment to feel into your consistency throughout your wave. But if you don't have emotional definition, 
but you do have a defined sacral center, that means that you have got sacral authority. So this in the moment, yes or no, this is your inner guidance system. This tells you where to go and where to refrain, refrain from, so to say. I know this can be a little bit confusing um, when we first come to this topic. So I'm going to give you an example to make it clear of what it means to have emotional authority with a sacral that informs you versus pure sacral authority. So let's assume that you have had a sacral no towards your relationship. Your sacral is saying, no, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. If you have emotional authority, then you have heard the sacral no. It's like an uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not, we're not going there. This kind of, this kind of um, reaction in your body. And then you want to sit with it because you've got your emotional wave on top. And like we learned last week, we need to figure out whether this no came because you were in, emotion, in an emotional low or whether it's a true sacral no. And if you have been in your experiment for a little while, you might already be able to discern that. If not, then you just wait through your emotional wave and you see whether it still feels like that two hours later, 12 hours later, three days later. And when you come to this feeling of clarity, of knowing, oh, yes, that's it, then there you go, you've made your decision. Your sacral knew all along and it informed your decision through your emotional wave, but you had to wait for this moment of clarity. And sometimes it can even be that you get a sacral yes or no, but your emotional wave has wisdom on top of that, right? It's not just that you need to wait for the um, emotional confusion to dissipate. It's also that it could be it's just not the time yet and your emotional wave has the last say. Your emotional authority will inform you. However, if you had just a sacral center or if the sacral center in definition was your primary authority and you are in a relationship and you feel this no and you override it because you think, uh, I love this person so much. There are so many reasons why we should stay together. I'm afraid of leaving, whatever it is. If you overwrite your sacral, no, you will sense and feel that in your relationship, you have absolutely no energy to engage in, in this relationship. Why? Because you gain access to your sacral motor by listening to the yeses and listening to the noes. When you override your noes, your sacral essentially has already told you, no, we don't have energy to do this. And then you override it. And like the sacral said, there won't be any energy to do what you want to do. So your sacral really gives you this clear in the moment response guidance to something that you see or hear on the outside that says, uh-huh, I've got energy to do this. I want to do this or uh-uh, I don't have energy to do this. We can't be doing that right now. And the beautiful thing about your sacral is that you can check in with it all the time. Like you can ask it all the time. Is it a yes? Is it a no? It will speak to you continuously. And I guess what is important when you want to gain access to the wisdom of your sacral is that the sacral always acts and creates in response. So 
Ideally, when you are asking yourself something, so let's stay with the relationship example, you want to figure out in this eclipse, there are loads of people trying to figure out their relationship and um, redefining their relationships or figuring out whether to stay or whether to go. So you're in this relationship and you want to figure out hmm, what should I do? And obviously in human design, we want to ask our bodies because we are meant to make decisions from the body as instead of the mind because the body is plugged into the universe as a whole and has access to a lot more information whereas the mind is mainly driven by the ego and fear. So when we start to lean into the body, we are able to follow our soul's path as opposed to our ego's path, which is what I want. And I'm assuming if you're sitting here with me, it might be something that you desire too. So let's get back to this response piece, right? Our sacral needs to respond to something external, can't just initiate by itself. So how would you figure out whether there's a yes or a no within you without just asking yourself that because you can't respond to yourself. You want to respond to something external. There are a couple of ways to go about it. You could simply um, immerse yourself in the situation and see what it feels like in your body as you approach your partner or not. You could get a friend to ask you simple yes or no questions around your relationship and allow the body to respond and I've shared this before in the podcast but a really easy way to do that is to just drop in some simple and I call them silly questions before like is your name Paula is it raining today is it windy today did you have sushi for dinner and so forth and by that we can start practicing our sacral response and then we drop in questions that are relevant to the situation and then you can um, be surprised by what your sequel has to say to this situation. And once you've found that answer, it is really important that you choose to honor it because as I said before, by honoring the body and the body's answers, you are choosing consciously to step into your soul's path. And if you're choosing to believe the mind who likes to jump in very shortly after your sacral response and override it and by saying but this 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 and that if you follow this then you're choosing the path of your ego and fear so essentially the biggest thing i like to give as an a piece of advice or importance or learning to people who have a defined sacral center is to learn to honor their nose, to first of all start feeling their nose and yeses, their sacral response, their way of saying aha, 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 and then beginning to honor that, to begin to say no, to create boundaries around the beautiful life force energy you have, and not do things that your body has indicated you don't have energy for because that will just end in you feeling totally drained because your sacral motor literally don't, uh, won't turn on if you override your sacral power. So that is our sacral beings. How do the non-sacral beings function? What does it mean then opposed to that to not have a sacral motor? defined in your chart to have an undefined sacral center. 
If the sacral center is undefined, then we're looking at somebody who is designed to work a little less because they simply don't have the reliable life force energy of the sacral motor. Like the manifester does have a motor to this road by definition, so the manifester will still go through those phases where they have energy to do something and then the energy will be gone. Because as I said in the beginning, our sacral motor is the most reliable motor. The other motors are the root center, the will center, and the emotional solar plexus. And like we know, the emotional solar plexus functions in a wave, so there will be energy sometimes and then there won't. The root center functions in a pulse, so again, there will be the pulls to do something and then that will ebb away and the will center functions like a bank so if you've saved a lot of I will call it will center energy then you have a lot to draw on but then when you spend it all you need to rest and refill the bank so to say so that you can start using energy again so even if you had one of those three motors defined but no sacral center then you simply don't have this reliable source of energy. And we could be sitting here and saying, oh, damn it, that sounds kind of shit. But it is really important to remember that we are all designed perfectly. So if you don't have the reliable energy out of the sacral center, then you're not designed to need it in this lifetime. So what are the traits of a non-sacral being apart from being designed to work a little less. Um, they are dependent on the transits or other people to access this life force energy. Because as you know, in our undefined centers, we amplify and reflect the energy of other people around us. So when you have an open sacral center and you go into a cafe or another busy place or you work in an office or in a library somewhere where there's a bunch of people around you and somebody very likely has a defined sacral center then that means you can borrow their sacral energy run it through your system get this little boost and work with their sacral energy and what is really important is that you borrow energy that feels good to your body. Not energy that you think is good for you, but energy that feels good. Because you are literally running this energy through your system and you want to make sure that it is aligned energy, not frustrated energy, from generators or manifesting generators that are perhaps working against their own energy themselves, but energy from somebody that feels lit up by what they do, from energy that feels good in your own system. You want to, so to say, make sure that the fuel that you put into your car, that is your body, feels like the fuel that is designed to fit into your body. And another really important thing is then to know when enough is enough because you're borrowing this energy from somebody else. And if you're not in touch with your body and if you're just expecting yourself to 
sit in the library as long as everybody else or to sit in the office as long as everybody else or to whatever it could be that you're doing where you're using up your life force energy and your, um, your mind is in comparison of you and the others as opposed to checking in with what do I need right now? Do I need a break? Am I done for today? Even though it's only lunchtime, whatever it is. And this used to be something that I was notoriously bad at. I was conditioned to be a very high achieving learner, studier, a high achiever in general. And when I went to university, I obviously was borrowing life force energy the whole day from all the people in the library around me. And literally by the end of the day, when I had forced myself to stay and stay and stay and stay until I literally physically couldn't anymore because my brain felt like it wasn't working anymore, I felt crazy. I constantly overrode my inner signals from my body and I worked against my own energy 24-7, which resulted then in me having really busy times around the exam time and then literally doing absolutely nothing for the rest of the semester, not going to the lectures, like literally not looking at uni at all because I simply did not have the energy for that. And at the beginning of every exam exam time, exam period, I can remember thinking, oh my God, I could, I wish I could time travel because I know that I can do it. I know that I will be able to get through this, but it's just so draining and I can't, um, I don't, I just don't want to go through it, but I felt like I had to. So this is an example of a projector out of alignment. I did not know when to stop. I just compared myself to everybody else. And um, instead of honoring my own energy, I um, thought I had to do what everybody else was doing around me. And I mean, very likely the people around me that had a sacral center in definition, not that I knew any of this back then, but very likely they would have pushed themselves to do something that was a no in their body as well instead of a yes. So I would have borrowed energy that wasn't even that great to run through my system. So let's recap. The main differences between sacral beings and non-sacral beings is that our sacral beings are designed to generate life force energy for our planet by saying yes to the things that light them up and honoring their boundaries, honoring their nose. This life force energy is not only for them, but also for our non-sacral beings to use in alignment, in connection with their bodies, knowing when enough is enough. And this brings those pieces so beautifully together and we can see how we can start to collaborate, how we can start to co-create in this world. And another really interesting point is our sacral energy and the relation to exercise. So our sacral beings are designed to use up all this life force energy that they have within a day. And that often means that they also need to use their bodies and move their bodies. And a good indicator of whether they're doing that or not is whether they are able to sleep 
by the end of the day. If they're going to bed and are able to fall to sleep relatively quickly, then chances are that they've used up all their life force energy throughout the day. If that is a problem and you're a sacral being and you can't fall asleep easily, then that might be an indicator as to you needing to use your life force energy throughout the day. If we're now flipping that around and looking at our non-sacral beings, what does that mean regarding exercise? And of course, you always have to run this experiment for yourself. And there are other factors that can play into this, but that means that likely the non-sacral beings do, first of all, a little less exercise and maybe a little lower intense or impact exercises. So for me, for example, yoga is a really beautiful way to move my body to get that energy that I have in my chart that needs to move from my root going, but to not completely overexert myself. And interestingly, if I go into a group class, group yoga class, I'm able to do a lot more than at home on the mat by myself because what happens is that I borrow energy from others and in group yoga classes it's usually quite beautiful energy with the people that are um, devoting themselves to this kind of exercise. So there's something that you can start playing with if, if you're a non-sacral being. Start sensing into the environments and the people around you and just know, does that feel good or does that feel not so good in my body? All right, so the last thing I wanted to speak about is why I think that sacral beings are lucky, um, especially those sacral beings that have their sacral centers, their authority. I think that you are particularly lucky because you have access to this really clear, in-the-moment guidance. You don't have to wait for an emotional wave to pass. You don't have to listen to this really subtle, very, very low-key information from the spleen. You don't have to talk it out if you had self-directed ego authority or mental authority. It's just right there in the moment. It's clear and it's relatively easy to get in touch with. And this is a gift. And if you have this gift, lean in. Make use of this clear, in-the-moment guidance that is directly telling you whether you have the energy to do something or not. Lean into the body as opposed to the mind because the pathway for you is a lot direct, more direct and clearer than for some of the other authorities. And... That's it, everybody. I'm wishing you a beautiful rest of your day and I'll hear you next week when we dive into our splenic authority and splenic center. Lots of love and bye-bye. Thank you so much for being here today and listening along to Human Design 101 with me, your host, Paula Fehrmann. I trust that you received exactly what you needed from today's episode and I love how the universe matched us today. If you enjoy listening and learning with me, please leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast so that more people can unlock their true selves and ultimately become who they were meant to be using human design. Until next time, lots of love and bye-bye.